0: Welcome to the Breast of Everything podcast, your trusted resource for breast health information, support, and encouragement. Your host today is Dr. Lindsay Gold of Comprehensive Breast Care. Welcome.
1: Welcome to the Breast of Everything podcast. I'm Dr. Lindsay Gold of Comprehensive Breast Care. I'm so glad you could join us today. I will be talking with Jackie Smiley, a nurse practitioner and high-risk genetics coordinator for Hurley Hospital in Flint, Michigan. Genetic testing plays such a vital role in current cancer prevention, early detection, and treatment. Finding out if you have a genetic mutation can not only be life-saving and life-changing, not only for patients, but also for future generations of family members. Mm -hmm. Genetic testing is truly an amazing medical contribution and one that is easily accessible and available to almost anyone. Once we as physicians learn if a mutation exists, there is so much more we can do to help our patients. And during this podcast, Jackie is going to help us dispel the taboo associated with genetic testing and share some insights and information to help you gain a better understanding of why genetic testing is so important. Jackie has been a registered nurse for almost 30 years and a nurse practitioner for more than 20 years, dedicating most of her career to women's health. Currently, she works with Hurley, OBGYN Healthcare Associates, as a nurse practitioner and high-risk genetics coordinator for Hurley Hospital. She provides her genetic expertise as a member of the Tumor Board and Cancer Committee. Jackie earned her bachelor's degree and master's degree from Wayne State University and completed the intensive cancer genetics program through the City of Hope in Los Angeles, California. She knows from her own personal story why genetic testing is so important. Jackie is a 13-year breast cancer survivor and has a BRCA mutation. Jackie, I'm so happy to have you join me today to talk about genetic testing and share your expertise and personal experience with our listeners. Welcome.
2: Thank you, Dr. Gull. I'm, I'm glad to be here.
1: Well, we have a lot to talk about in a short period of time, so we'll try and hit all the um, of the highlights. Um, so I've been in practice 15 years and I have seen um, unbelievable advances. If you've done this longer than me, then the changes in your career have also been notable. I mean, when I started, nobody could get genetic testing and now everybody gets it in, in the breast cancer world. Um, what have you noticed in over your career time?
2: Oh yeah, it has changed so much. I started doing genetic testing probably 2006 or seven at the Genesee County Health Department. And actually, most people could not get testing at that time, except I was using patient assistant programs and signing people up for testing. There was only one lab that was offering testing, yep. and we only tested for two genes, just BRCA1 and BRCA2. Nowadays, almost every insurance plan covers testing, and... I can offer patients gene panels, you know, most of the time, 40, up to 80 genes sometimes. So it has changed. There are so many labs now that I'm using. I use several labs. It really is based on insurance coverage sometimes, but it's available to almost everyone now.
1: Yes. If you want to tell us a little bit about your own experience um, and how it impacted you, I think the listeners would um, love to hear that.
2: Well, you know, as I said, I've been doing this testing for a long time, but I didn't even realize that my own family history warranted testing in my own family. Um, There were always cancers in my family that I was aware of, but I guess I didn't pay much attention to it. It wasn't until I found a mass on my father's chest wall right there on his breast that I realized that there could be a gene mutation in our family. We were having tea one night, and I was just standing there talking to him, and I reached over because his breast looked unusual. And when I felt that mass, almost instantly I knew it was a cancerous tumor and that all the cancer in our family was probably related to gene testing. He was tested and was found to have a BRCA2 mutation. He did have breast cancer at that time. And once he was tested, I went in to get my own testing. And I had envisioned that if I was going to be positive, then I was going to have maybe some prophylactic surgeries, a prophylactic mastectomy, Mm -hmm. and hopefully prevent cancer. But uh, I hadn't turned 40 yet, so I hadn't had a mammogram. I went in for testing, and on my first imaging test, I already had breast cancer. I had two masses, and it had already spread to my lymph nodes, so goodness. by the time I was tested, it was, it was there. And um, unfortunately, I was a little late in getting my testing done. But my younger sister got tested. She was 36 at the time, and um, her breast testing was negative. But she did have fallopian tube cancer, both sides, at age mm-hmm. 36. So she was able to get tested, get surgery, and she is uh, cancer-free as well as myself and my Oh, that's my wonderful. Dad. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's there's lots and lots of stories about that. So what would you say to somebody who says, because I hear this in the office, well, why would I just want to know if something bad's gonna happen to me? I mean, I can't do anything about it.
2: Well, there's so much we can do. I, Boy, if you think I know that you have a mutation. I mean, we could prevent cancer especially Mm -hmm. cancer that is hard to treat. We could prevent an ovarian cancer, which is many times fatal. Mm -hmm. You know, we could, if we don't prevent a cancer, we can catch it early at the stage that it's treatable. And there's so many different prevention options. There's options just to take medication, just to take um, a medication that could reduce your breast cancer risk by up to 50%. You could take a birth control pill and reduce your risk for ovarian cancer, by about 40% if you didn't want to do preventative surgeries. And then when you do go into the preventative surgeries to prevent cancer, if you have a mutation, you're looking at almost a 90% risk reduction for breast cancer and the same with ovarian cancer. Not to mention what you can do for your sisters and brothers and other family members. I mean, for generations to come i got to tell you, I'm the first woman in the family who has survived this cancer. I've lost five aunts, my grandmother, a great aunt. I've lost several uncles. So I'm here talking to you right now because I found out that I had a BRCA gene mutation. Even though I had developed cancer at that time, I was still able to catch it early enough.
1: And be counseled as to you know, your, the the best approach from a treatment perspective to maximize your, you know, chances of survival, reduce the risk of a new cancer, that type of thing. So as a genetic counselor, what exactly is your role? Who, who should really seek out genetic counseling?
2: Well, I mean, my preference would be that Almost everybody can have counseling, and I know that's not realistic right now. We don't have enough counselors. Right. Um, I do believe that every woman who develops breast cancer should be offered counseling again. um, We need more counselors probably to make that happen, but genetic counseling is being offered at more practices. Generally, you know, we follow um, NCCN guidelines. There's guidelines that tell us who should get testing. And for the most part, it's anyone who knows that there's a gene mutation in the family. If you know there's a mutation in the family and it's a blood relative, you should come in for testing. Anyone with a personal history of cancer, especially young cancers. Mm -hmm. If there's families where you see trends of people with similar cancers, they should be tested. There's a whole list of things. It's important. Any male with breast cancer should be tested. Anybody at all with ovarian cancer or pancreatic cancer should get tested now. If yep. we see um, a man with prostate cancer that's metastasized or very aggressive, they should get testing now. So, there's even if you were in a family and you did not know your family history, if you had less than two sort of female paternal relatives, you might qualify for testing. So, many people don't know if they qualify. It's okay to come in, just get counseled. Let's draw a family tree. We'll look at a pedigree. We'll see if you qualify. And if you qualify, your insurance plan will cover it. Now, if you don't qualify, we can still offer testing. It may be on cash pay, but Mm -hmm. it's affordable now. It could be under $250.
1: Right, right. Which, just for reference, um, for our listeners, $250 is a lot of money. However, a, a mere you know, six years ago, it was, you know, $4,000 or more. So relatively speaking, it's a lot more affordable to a lot more people, you know, compared to before when it was just not even possible for, you know, almost anybody.
2: Yeah, right? absolutely. And I tell you, they even offer testing now over the counter. And I, I would really caution people to get kits mm-hmm. over the counter because many times they're getting a test kit, but they're not testing Enough genes, or the or the appropriate genes. Some people think they have BRCA testing from some of these over the counter kits, and they're only testing a few different variants. So I would really seek counseling um, with a with someone who is savvy in genetics.
1: Right, right, um, absolutely. So, um, how do you counsel um, women who test positive? Um, as to how they need to handle you know, the information for the rest of their family members.
2: So you know, when they come in, we do two types of counseling sessions. One is the pretest. We go through the family history. I look at the different cancers, I decide what panel to order, and I order a panel that will encompass all the different cancers in their family. Then they come back for a post-test session. If they have a positive mutation, I'll be able to look at which gene it is. And there are several guidelines that I can follow that tells me exactly what they need to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. For instance, if it's a BRCA gene mutation, generally we start surveillance at age 25 with breast Mm -hmm. exams. We will start uh, MRIs and mammograms annually. You know, we will talk to them about surgical options, talk to them about ovarian cancer screening and other screenings. When it comes to informing their family members, I look at that family tree and I go right into, you know, who you need to tell. And every blood relative on the side of the family, where if we can isolate where they um, inherited that gene mutation, I think would need to know.
1: Right. Um, yeah. You know, every family has its own dynamics, right? And so it's always been amazing to me. Um, sometimes if you have, let's say, you know, four sisters in a family, uh, two will be, you know, really gung ho about testing. They want to know, they want to do everything. The other two, you know, head in the sand. And, um, sometimes it's, it's hard to convince those, um, who maybe aren't as willing to test because again it affects you know everybody if they do or they don't test um, it can be tricky so what if somebody is adopted you know and does not know their family history how do we counsel these ladies
2: or so gentlemen if they're adopted they don't know their family history they would qualify for testing okay. Um, so they would definitely get tested. And then we're looking at their children. The risk of them passing it on if they had children themselves is 50% for each Mm -hmm. child. So I've seen a lot of families where um, they're able to talk to each other, pass on the information. It's a personal choice whether they want to get tested or not. In my family, my dad came from 10. There were 10 siblings, and almost nobody had testing after we informed them and unfortunately, you know, my uncle developed prostate cancer a few years later, and I can't help but think had he had the testing, maybe we could have caught it earlier. Mm-hmm.
1: So how about families? Well, people with what we would call a limited family structure, right? You You only have, you know, one child in three generations and, you know, they're all males, except, you know your patient, the index member, how do, that's sort of a tricky situation as well.
2: It is tricky. And many times, I mean, we know that men have these gene mutations and they pass them down uh, at the same rate that women have the mutation. So it's always a 50-50 chance you can get the mutation from your father just as you can from your mother. Now, when Mm -hmm. we see men who have these gene mutations, many times it's a silent threat. Because their risk of developing a cancer is very low. They have a 6% chance of getting breast cancer. They don't have a very high chance of getting prostate cancer. So many times these men have the gene mutation. They carry it their whole lives. They pass it on. And we see the cancer in their daughters.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So... It's so important, even when we have someone who tests positive for a mutation, that their brothers get tested, their uncles yeah. get tested. It's just not the females in the family that get testing. And we actually need to educate providers, too, when they're counseling patients, that they need to talk about the paternal side of the family as well as the maternal side.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um are there any specific messages that you would want to share with our listeners about genetic testing? I don't want to forget to ask.
2: Well, I just want genetic testing to be sort of the norm. I don't want it to be this um, sort of taboo thing that only a few people know about. I want everyone to ask about it. I think family history should be something that everyone's talking to each other about. That enough, um sort of with the family secrets, we mm-hmm. all should start talking about our family history, start asking about it and tell your provider, you know, what yes. your family history is. I just I wish it was more commonplace. And I think the more people that um talk about it, the better it will be.
1: Yes. And I, I do um agree, educating providers, right? Definitely primary care providers, um, you know, uh, physician extenders, anybody who's going to come into, um, you know, have a connection with the patient and hopefully take a really good family history and say, you know what, that's, that sounds a little suspect, you know, maybe, maybe we can set you up to see, uh, the genetic counselor, um, because it's just amazing to me how many times that. I will see somebody, you know, with a a new cancer diagnosis. And then I'm the one, um, you know, sending them for testing. And then we find out there's a mutation when, like you said, even in your own family, there were multiple people in multiple generations. Why are we just, you know, why are we just doing this now when it could have been um, before? I I personally would like um, genetic testing for like, all cancer diagnoses at some point in time, I would hope that we could get there one day. I know we're not there, but that would be fantastic because I think we would find out a lot more information than just, you know.
2: And now that we're we're looking at tumors now more, we're starting Mm -hmm. to find germline or hereditary mutations in the tumor profiles. So, mm-hmm. in some cases, when we're looking at tumors, it's pointing to the fact that there could be a, a hereditary component to the cancer.
1: Correct, right? So, yeah, it's it's um, not always understood that you know we as humans have DNA, right? And tumors, uh, they have their yeah. own DNA that sometimes is like ours, sometimes not. So, um, yeah. So, yes, we, we test. All kinds of DNA now. Now, I think, you know, when when ladies do have a family history that's suspicious, and then you counsel them and test, but all the testing comes back negative, that's also a tricky group to um, try and counsel. It what is. Do tell, no.
2: yeah. What do you it tell is, those ladies? We, we know that most cancer is... Spontaneous; it's random. You know, right. there's only about 15% that are actually hereditary. So, you know, that's a tough one because I can't give them an answer as to why they developed cancer. Um, right. I can't tell them that there isn't a mutation in the family, but I can tell them that they didn't test positive for one. So, right. So-
1: Which hopefully is um, a little bit relieving to them as it relates to other family members, maybe their children, maybe their siblings or their parents, because what I will frequently say to them is kind of like what you said. I, I know you want a reason um, as to why, other than the fact that you just have breasts and you're alive and nothing else bad has happened to you to date. But, um, you know, maybe we'll find a reason in the future. But the good news is that as far as we can tell today, your loved ones aren't at any substantially increased risk compared to general population. So not having a genetic mutation does not mean you won't get cancer. It just means your risk is that of the average individual.
2: That's right. Does that make so, sense? Yeah. That makes sense. So if you have a mutation, it means you have a higher risk for cancer. It doesn't mean you're going to get it. It just means you exactly. have a risk. And if I test a family member where we know there's a mutation that exists and their test is negative, just what you said, they go, they did not get that mutation we know exists. So they are a true negative and their risk is the same as the general population. So it's so Oh, man, they're so relieved when they found out that they didn't get that mutation in the family. Yes, that's, that's, another that's reason so true. Many of them will go on their whole lives afraid to test, thinking that maybe they have the mutation only to find out that they don't have it. And they could have um, known that years yeah. prior.
1: Yeah, I've said that to ladies a number of times, you know, just just living, like waiting for the other shoe to drop, that's... That's a terrible feeling. Nobody should have to live like that. Um, And it's heartbreaking to me when women are diagnosed and they say, well, you know what? I mean, I was expecting this. It it wasn't a matter of um, if, it was just a matter of when. And I think, oh my goodness, uh, how heartbreaking that you would have to live every day with those kind of thoughts. It's just, um, you know, we, we can do something about it.
2: Yeah, it, great. we can. There are, there are so many options for preventing cancer now and for catching it early. Um, I, I sort of view it as a, as a positive thing for myself. I at least know what my risk is. I know what cancers I'm at a higher risk for. I can go um, in search, you know, with surveillance and look for cancers and find them early and treat them. So I feel like sometimes I'm at an advantage versus people who don't know
1: Yep. Knowledge is power for sure. So are there any um, resources or websites that you recommend if people want to learn more about genetic testing?
2: Well, I can tell you a a site that I used and I um, tell all my patients to use is Force. It's Facing Our Risk of Cancer Empowered. And it's um, www.facingourrisk.org. And this site has so much information. There are message boards and um, there's so much support you can get from these sites. There's also Bright Pink. That's an organization. And that organization is tailored to cancer prevention, breast and ovarian cancer prevention. And it's Mm -hmm. more for the younger population they have pink pals that you can hook up with people who have been through the same thing you're going through and sort of guide you through the journey.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. That's really Mm -hmm. fantastic. So thank you, Jackie, for providing all of our listeners with so much great information um, and resources about genetic testing. I really appreciate
2: it. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: No problem. So thank you everybody for listening to the Breast of Everything. I am Dr. Lindsay Gold of Comprehensive Breast Care. We want to hear from you. If you have a topic you would like us to talk about, we welcome your suggestions. You can send them to compbreastcare.com. That's C-O-M-P-B-R-E-A-S-T-C-A-R-E.com. Thank you so much. Until next time, be well.
0: You've been listening to the Breast of Everything podcast with your host and board certified breast surgeon, Dr. Lindsay Gold of Comprehensive Breast Care. If you have a subject you would like the surgeons to discuss, please email your suggestions online at compbreastcare.com. That's C-O-M-P-B-R-E-A-S-T-C-A-R-E.com. The doctors want to hear from you. The views, thoughts, and opinions shared in this podcast are intended for general education and informational purposes only and should not be substituted for medical advice, treatment, or care from your physician or healthcare provider. Always consult your healthcare provider first.